If you want to get stuff done, then you have come to the right place. This is the Get Stuff Done podcast, brought to you in association with RDI Worldwide, a weekly interview series with prominent and diverse people from around the world who will share their own unique insights on what it takes to get stuff done and their personal strategies for doing so. My name is Gordon Dudley, the creator of the Get Stuff Done project and host of this podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope you enjoy this episode and would love to hear your feedback anytime. Let's get stuff done. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Get Stuff Done podcast. My name is Gordon Dudley, your host, and I'm really glad to be able to welcome another guest to the show for this uh, third episode where we're going to be talking about getting stuff done and learning about some of the personal insights and stories of our guest today. Today, uh, I'm joined by Joe Tofield. He is originally from the UK, but currently based in Singapore, where he has been living for over 10 years. He is the owner and director of Lingua Learn, a business which he has set up relatively recently, but he has actually been working in the field of learning and development for more than a decade. I'm really excited to be able to talk to him today and looking forward to hearing all about his journey in getting stuff done. Joe, a very warm welcome to the show. Thank you. So first of all, I'm based in Seoul and you're based in Singapore, but we had the chance to meet in Singapore uh, a few months ago. And we also have a a similar background with the British Chamber of Commerce, um, which we both had uh, big involvements in the past. But tell me a little bit about how you have come to be the director and owner of LinguaLearn in Singapore. It's a great question. So I moved to Singapore the end of 2012. So in Holland, I was doing a very much a cold calling sales job for new clients and things like that. And then um, when I moved here at the British Council, they needed just a salesperson essentially to get new clients and generate leads and things like that. So the role was quite straightforward in that regard. But because it was a training organization and a learning team, Over the years, I went to client meetings, attended trainings, company trainers on calls and things like that. So I just kind of learned the ropes of uh, how the company works and how the training industry works and things like that. And as I moved up, you know, I took over marketing and all kinds of sales and things like that. And I ended up attending client meetings on my own and consulting with them and things like that. I evolved the training that we did a little bit. So in less of standalone trainings and we started to consult quite a bit more. So we're building more learning structures and learning programs within companies. So I had the privilege to go into very large multinationals here and really see from the inside how they do learning and development and things like that. So I, I just learned like a, like a ton of stuff during those years. Then I moved to a school group. So I was a regional head of teacher training for four and a half years. So that was running a team of nine and we were training about 20 to 25,000 teachers a year in Asia across over 1,000 schools, right? So you can imagine the operation is very large scale. We have thousands of training programs, you know, they're running continuously throughout the whole year. So I got to really get a good insight into how content is built, how schools do learning and how training works. And I was supporting the uh, company strategy in terms of learning and development uh, strategies, programs. Uh, COVID obviously changed, you know, the learning space. So I was involved in a lot of strategic work there in terms of um, how learning is changing, what, what the adult learners actually want now and things like that. So that was four and a half years. So 
around uh, beginning of this year, I was thinking about my next career move and where to um, head, you know, um, head to next. So I was thinking, should I apply for jobs or things like that? And then this franchise opportunity came up here and I thought, well, I've got 10 years here. I've been consulting with clients for 10 years and seen some of the best learning systems, you know, that money can buy really in some of these companies. So why not try my own hand? essentially. So in May of this year, I took the plunge and I quit my job and I started this company, you know, so Lingua Learn, we're now, uh, it was originally set up. So when the franchise, when I bought the franchise over it, it was a language school. So um, that's all there, but I've evolved the business as well. So we're doing a lot of uh, skills training and I also help companies with their learning and development um, strategies and things like that too. Hi, Gordon here. Hope you're enjoying the episode with Joe. I just want to let you know about an upcoming event next week on December 4th and December 6th. Presentation skills brought to you by the Get Stuff Done Project. Whether you are a presentation beginner and want to know how to present better, or whether you have already a lot of experience presenting but want to enhance your skills, you can join us for the sessions going live next week. Sign up is in the show notes. I look forward to you joining us there. And now back to the episode. And yeah. and so was there was there a kind of a moment that made it clear for you? you no, know, I, I I want to step out of large organisations and and go and do my own thing. Yeah, I mean, um, it's very nerve wracking. I'll be honest, you know. And uh, I spoke to a lot of people and a lot of friends about it, but the consensus that was all there, they were all like, "It's brave, but it's really cool that that you're going to try this." And I just felt like if I I, I just ask, I try and break everything down in my life to as, as like a most straightforward as possible. I find if there's too much stuff going on, then you can't make a decision, right? So I'm like, what's the most simple question? So I boiled it down to, if I didn't do this, how would I feel in 20 years? Would I look back and go, you know, I really should have taken that plunge and do that? And the answer was yes. I was like, even if this doesn't work out, I have to try. Because even if it doesn't work, at least I know. So I just boiled it down. That was very straightforward in the end of like, how would I look back on this in 20 years? And that was it really. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that comes up a lot is that people um, really, they don't maintain regrets about having tried something. They really only maintain regrets about having not tried something. And, and so now you find yourself in a totally different type of professional status. You know, you're essentially you're running the business. You're one who, uh, you know, even, even previously as a manager, but now you have even more responsibility. How, how has that been? Uh, how has that change uh, or that, that transition been for you? It's actually quite a huge change, to be honest, because in my last job, I had a team of nine, right? So most of the admin, the backend work, everything like that is all run, right? So my role as leader is just to make, it's just to keep tabs on that stuff, right? But I know that all the customer service stuff is being done, the finance stuff's all being done and things like that. But now running my own company, I mean, I've just brought on someone to help me, but for the first couple of months, it was all me, right? Sending out you know, all the paperwork, financial documents, invoicing, had to do, you know, tax returns and claim things with the government. I mean, it's all like, it's going back to how I started in my career, really. I feel like I'm 21 again, or like 20 years old again, like having to do all this stuff. So it's good that I've done it in the past. So I kind of know the processes, but it's been a bit of a heavy lift getting back into all of that, because for years now, I'm so used to just doing strategy work. 
Okay. And I'm like um, analyzing stuff, but it's at, you know it's complex spreadsheets and things like that. So I'm used to all of that quite strategic way of trying to think and work, right? So having to do that plus plus this has actually been quite challenging. But it's just something that you just you know like have to do. You have to like plow through, you know, and um, work through that. But one thing that I've found throughout my career is you got to talk to people, right? Okay. So at the chamber now, I'm part of a um, small business group. So we meet once a month and I sit down with them and we have conversations about, you know, what software can you use and what processes have you got and things like that. And I just have coffees with people and work through stuff and I get, you know, recommendations of, you know, people I can hire, software and tools. So that's been really great. So I've managed to automate a lot of stuff because yeah. I think running a business 15, 20 years ago was a lot harder than than current day because some of the tools out there were just fantastic I had to send an invoice out to a client and the templates all done for you information bank is all there i've just got to type in the price and the product and you know so it doesn't actually take that that long um some of this stuff now so i think it's about being smart and running a business you got to think about your cost management and things like that right so some advice that someone passed down to me was don't buy tools that like um you don't need yet you will need them but don't invest yet right so I'm staggering things like that, right? So I'm like, I need these tools now, so I'm gonna pay for them now, I'm gonna use them now. I know I'm gonna need these tools in the future, but do I actually need them yet? No. So let's put that to one side. So yeah. I think it's about prioritizing the admin that works for the business now, rather than just trying to set up the whole lot, right? Because I think that can get quite overwhelming. And frankly, you know, I'm doing a lot of consulting right now, and if I'm spending all my days and time on you know, processes and the systems and things like that, I can't get that real work. So I think I have to just prioritize things. Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a key point and it's great that you've kind of embraced that, um, you know, because you can have the best systems and best processes in the world if if you're not um, actually, you know, producing revenue streams and, and delivering yeah. projects, then, you know, it doesn't achieve anything. And, and you're right, there's also now an unlimited amount of tools out there and, I even find that, of course, uh, you can be using a tool that can be perfectly good for you, and you know it develops. You know it gets it gets even better, and of course, you know, it's almost like um, you, you're all forever on the lookout for for uh, you know a good tool to make sure because also your business also develops and changes, needs change, and so then that also um, happens to to change as well. Hi. Gordon here. Hope you're enjoying the episode with Joe. I just want to let you know about an upcoming event next week on December 4th and December 6th. Presentation skills brought to you by the Get Stuff Done Project. Whether you are a presentation beginner and want to know how to present better, or whether you have already a lot of experience presenting but want to enhance your skills, you can join us for the sessions going live next week. Sign up is in the show notes. I look forward to you joining us there. And now back to the episode. So on a daily basis, when, you, when, it, when we think about getting stuff done, you know, what is it that makes you get out of bed? What, what, what is the thing that makes you think, okay, um, I, I've got um, probably a you know, never ending to-do list. 
but, but what is it that, that is your kind of personal driver? It's a great question, really. So ADHD, I don't know if you know a lot about it, about having ADHD and things like that, but that's something that I've had since I was a kid, right? So ADHD changes how your brain works. So yeah. often if you're trying to focus on stuff, too much stuff, the front cortex of your brain actually turns off. And when you're relaxed, then it turns on, right? So there's all these different things. I've had to, throughout my career, really understand my brain and how my brain works, right? So something with ADHD is when you're motivated with stuff, then you really can work really hard, right? And you get really um, stuck in. So when I started this company, I was like, you know, some of the other questions I asked myself, will I have the motivation, right? And I was like, well, I'm passionate about learning. I'm passionate about training, supporting companies, supporting people. So just that intrinsic motivation each day when I get out of bed is like I'm curating something really great with my company, right? I'm making a positive change. So I know that when I come out, when I'm writing proposals, when I'm consulting clients, taking courses and doing things like that, I have a lot of motivation there, right? So I feel like whatever I do, I've got to have that inside of me, right? Because we all have good days and bad days where we think oh, I'm tired today or I can't do this or that, but you've got to have that foundational motivation there, right? So I always try and find work, find roles that I know I'm going to be really passionate. Mm -hmm. And that's really, that's something that for me is an important part, right? So, you know, in my last company, the, the senior role was based in the United States. So I was like, well, I can't do that move. So I was thinking about, well, what's my motivation? It's career pathway, right? It's my growth. So starting a business is going to give me a lot of growth there, right? It's going back to finding new clients, consulting, the stuff that um, I really love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know that the motivation, right? That's going to be part of it, right? But like getting out of bed in the morning is like, you have to, I think, have be really clear about what you want to achieve on that day mm -hmm. and what tasks are going to be the most valuable in the business because there's nothing worse than working on something that you feel is not adding that much value, right? So every day it's a little priority list in my head of I've got to get this done and that done, right? And then with women, all of that might have that focus for some time. And then knowing how my brain works, I take those regular breaks because in those breaks, I might be having a cup of tea, doing some reading or something like that. My brain is still working hard. So when I come back, so I might get stuck on a proposal or think, okay, what does the client want? How am I going to phrase this? If I stop working, I take that break. I come back to it and suddenly my brain's working again. And I think, oh, you know, I can change this and I can do that and things like that. So it's understanding, I think, what motivates me the most. And when I can get stuff done in a day, it's understanding how my brain thinks and works so that I can maximize that time. And, you know, to me, there's no shame in taking those regular breaks and things like that, because I always find that downtime period really helps me think. And also, you know, I have coffees with people. I go to talks and events, networking, panels and things like that. Talking to people helps me generate new ideas and things like that. So that's all stuff that I can also take take back to. And there's nothing that buzzes me, buzzes me more than like something new, right? You know, like a new idea, a new learning point, things like that. You, it, I also sense you have a very good self-awareness. I, I think that, you know, you, you're clearly showing that you, you, you're thinking about how your own motivation works, um, yeah. which I think is also an important point. Uh, a lot of people will not have that and then they only do the stuff they enjoy or, or, or the easy stuff. How, how do you um, make sure that you get the stuff that you don't want to get done done? Do you have any, any special um, insights? It's, it's not always easy, I can tell you, right? Because doing some of the admin and things like that is not stuff that I'm, you know, that I'm always, you know, that 
motivated in order um, to, to um, not that motivated at times. So what I do is, is I put, I know that I thrive under pressure. So what I do is, is I build, I build some stuff around me to have that, to have that on me, right? So if it's a client, I'll say, I will give them a deadline, even if I don't have to. I'll say, the invoice will come at this date, or this will be done at that date, right? So I'm always giving a deadline. So for that, I build that pressure on me, because I know I have to get it done, right? That's going to drive me, and I'm motivated, right? So I know that this has to be done at this time, you know, and um, I hold myself to that, right? So even if it's not a client, even if it's a partner that I'm working with, Mm -hmm. even if they're casual about it, oh, you know, at such a time is fine, I'll say, no, I'll have it by that time. Because I know that when I wake up, I have to get it done. So I find that that pressure on me works really, really well. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great that you have have that, um, you know, mechanism that, that you know, I, I also use that on myself, um, you know, a self-imposed deadline, you know, to hold myself accountable uh, to it as well. Hi, Gordon here. Hope you're enjoying the episode with Joe. I just want to let you know about an upcoming event next week on December 4th and December 6th. Presentation skills brought to you by the Get Stuff Done Project. Whether you are a presentation beginner and want to know how to present better, or whether you have already a lot of experience presenting but want to enhance your skills, you can join us for the sessions going live next week. Sign up is in the show notes. I look forward to you joining us there. And now back to the episode. Um, and have, have you ever had a time when you have, uh, you know, really struggled uh, with that? Is, is, has there been a time when you, you really faced um, something that you had to get done and you just, you just put it off and you delayed or was something even that you kind of failed at and, and then needed to turn it around? Yeah, yeah well, I'll share, yeah, I'll share quite a personal story here on this. So I was um, in London and uh did my job there i was working in stores i was doing admin and things like that and i moved to a um head office so i was um in the purchasing team and the buying team so that was a very exciting role and it was great and uh, i was going to be promoted in that role during that time but my partner she um she got um a scholarship to move to holland to do to do um studying so she was going to take a master's there so I was like, well, I've never lived in another country. Fine, you know. So I flew there a few times and I found a role, which was great. But um, it was a cold calling job, right? Uh, I do have a stammer. So it's coming out fine now. But uh, trust me, when I'm on calls and pitching and stuff like that, it can be very challenging. So I go there and I know this is going to be hard. I know from the from day one, but I was like, this is the only job, right? I've applied for, you know, 100 things. This is the role. And I... I haven't got much money, so that's it really. So I moved to Holland. I did the training for the first week, which was really great. And then week two, so I'm starting, the phone is in front of me, I'm starting to die. And uh, that was probably one of the hardest weeks in my professional life because I'm picking up the phone. My pitch is there, but I can't say it very well. I'm really, really nervous. So I'm stammering a lot and not getting through very well, not making that much progress. And then there was one call where I started talking and completely just honestly screwed up the whole thing and then they put the phone down and then I just got up and I left the office and I just felt horrible I was just like I can't do this in my mind I was like I can't do it like it's just not going to happen like I 
I can't do this job. I haven't got the whatever it is. Yeah. This is just not not me. And it was just really tough because I always felt that I was good at sales and good at that kind of thing. So for me, it was extremely hard to reconcile that. Mm. And I was starting to question all things about what I can do in my life and capabilities and and all this kind of stuff. And it was really challenging. So I, I called my partner and I was on the phone and I was pretty, you know, upset. And she just said, what are you doing? Just go back and dial. You're going to be fine. Like, just plow through it and all this kind of stuff. She kind of gave me that. She's like, what choice have you got? Okay. You just have to do it. Like, this is your, your job. This is it. Like, there is nothing else there. You have to make this work, right? So I had some lunch and, pick, and I picked myself up. And I just went back and I was like, I just, I just, you know, like have to do it. I have to get through this. And I can't tell you the confidence that that gave me plowing through in that role. I felt once I started doing that, I was like, well, if I can do this, I can do anything. Right. Like if I'm not afraid to call people cold call with a stammer, you know, and then my confidence came, came back. And the first client I landed was the club um, Ajax, if you know Ajax with the football team. Oh, yeah. So I, I, they were my first client for some um, conference, some sponsorships and things like that. And my boss at the time, um, he was a fan of Ajax. And he's like, I can't believe Ajax are one of our clients. He was over the moon. And then they gave me some free passes. And I went to one of the games and I was sitting behind former players and stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I've done it. I closed the deal. And, and it's with not just like a you know, like a small business, this is a major company, you know, with a major sports team. And, you know, that kind of completely turned things around for me. And um, yeah, I mean, look, the stammering still happens. And, you know, I still have bad calls and things like that. But I always felt there's always another client there, right? And I can do this. And I do remember I was calling a client in Switzerland, mm -hmm. and I couldn't close in for like half for like half a year, right? Because our products didn't align and all this kind of stuff. Okay. But I was taught in my sales course to just keep the relationship and keep going. Yeah. So it got to the point where at one point I was calling him and I was like, hi, it's J -J -J and he was like, hey, Joe, how are you? He just knew who it was. <laughs> and I did close him in the end for some stuff because we just built a relationship. So he just made it into a bit of a joke. Right. And, you know, a little bit of fun. I just realized, like, don't take that aspect of me that seriously. And if people are going to put the phone down and judge, then that's fine. I just carry on and I got to move on. So that was, I would say, a big life changing kind of experience mm. having to go. And it was 12 months and it was very, very tough. But yeah, that kind of turned things around for me. And it made me kind of reconcile a lot with my speech impediment of just like I can get stuff done. I can improve. I can grow. And just not to worry about, you know, all that other noise, continue mm. and get on. So yeah, that's my personal sharing there. And I mean, thank you for sharing. And it sounds like you really have maintained that that kind of like almost invincibility shield, you know, to yeah. say from, from that experience, you know, because you were at that, you know, very significant moment. You, you could have not gone back and and yet you, you went back and, and you made it happen and, and kind of proved to yourself um, and, and others that... that that you can and i think of course we hear a lot of stories about people uh, facing adversity that that often is the source of people really achieving their, their greatest things and i you know i look around myself the people around me and and see them potentially what maybe on the outside looks like um an easy life right you can you can look at someone and and, and judge them looking like everything is all rosy and of course you never know what's going on uh, for them personally yeah. uh, in their private life, it might they might be going through something which is incredibly difficult, nothing related to the job, but which makes their job difficult, or you know, you know, vice versa. 
Um, so that that's always something that I that I've uh, kind of remembered as well, especially um, in a client service kind of orientation. I love the fact that you maintained that relationship for for so long that it eventually um, led to led to closing. Hi, Gordon here. Hope you're enjoying the episode with Joe. I just want to let you know about an upcoming event next week on December 4th and December 6th. Presentation skills brought to you by the Get Stuff Done Project. Whether you are a presentation beginner and want to know how to present better, or whether you have already a lot of experience presenting but want to enhance your skills, you can join us for the sessions going live next week. Sign up is in the show notes. I look forward to you joining us there. And now back to the episode. So let's step into now uh, the L&D field, which is, of course, the area which um, you're, you're very much specialized in. And it's, you know, in a sense, the Get Stuff Done project um, we've, we've set up this year is also addressing perhaps an area of people's personal and professional development that they feel there's something missing or they feel that they're, they're not getting um, where they want to be. And, and, and that's what we're trying to address um, with uh, the project. And, and so part of the podcast was to try to bring people's um, you know, experiences um, to a wider audience who have been there and done that um, to a certain extent. You, your main area of, uh, of experience with L&D is, of course, in, in the kind of the corporate uh, large organization. And my experience of people in a lot, a lot of people in large organizations are anti-L&D. Um, you know, they, they feel that a lot of people maybe even feel the training is a waste of time. It's it's taking away from the real job. You know, it's something that you know is later always kind of put it off. Um, what what do you what do you say to people or, or organisations who aren't really prioritising um, the development of their people? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the feedback that you're hearing is really common kind of feedback, and um, for me, it stems from the fact that HR you know, in some organizations and managing like that, they, you know, the intentions are really good, right? We want training. Training is great. It can build um, morale, engagement skills, and that, that, that kind of thing. But the, the gap there is they send people on training and that's it, right? So they'll arrange a course. It's a great course, you know, the, you know, fantastic trainer. It's all fun and games. And then they come off the course and that's it, right? It's tips yeah. and that box is right. Yeah. And that's yeah. when you get the comments yeah. of the waste of time, why am I on this? This kind of thing. And I've heard that, right, a lot. And one of the problems with that is the learning needs analysis isn't there. You've kind of ticked that box and said, right, we've we've got a course running. We've got 20, 20 people on it. Great, right? It's a great course, and then we're going to learn something. But how do you know it's all relevant to their roles? How do you know they even want that, right? Or are they just going on the training to take a break? Are they going on it because that's the only training? And things like that. There's lots of reasons behind that. So then you really got to take a step back and you got to think, have you done that learning needs analysis within the organization, right? That, that's the first stage. You actually know about the learning needs within the company. Lots of different levels to that, right? So you've got the individual staff and the learning needs and you've got the line managers as well. What are your priorities within your team and your department and your learning needs? Then you've got those structures around that too, right? So, okay, so you've done the learning needs. Are the line managers equipped to properly consult and coach their staff on those learnings, right? So are they, are they having those conversations with them? Or is it just, well, we've done the learning needs. Okay, great. We're going to arrange that training or this training. Pump key of step two is a workshop isn't always the answer, right? So I might have a learning need, but there's lots of different forms of learning out there, right? A stress project, that could help. 
It could be a coaching program. It could be anything, right? Mm -hmm. So don't think a solution is straight to a two-day training course because that's not always right. And even when, even if you've got that right, you've done the learning needs, you know the course is right for those people. It's going to help them in their career paths. Is it linked back to behaviors within the organization? Is it all linked together? Even once you've done all of that, a lot of people stop at what the feedback we say is like, um, so the feedback after the workshop, that's like stage one kind mm-hmm. of feedback, right? So was it fun? Were the snacks good? Was the room good? The facilitator good? All that kind of stuff, right? So that's all well and good, right? And you need that. But like, are you just stopping there? Or do you move to level two, which have they actually learned something? So are you coming back after the training to have those coaching conversations, which normally is done by the line manager, but it's like a checkup. So a month later, do you actually still know that stuff? Have you learned something? Then you're looking at the behavioral change. Are you actually going to change something? So when you come off of that course, what are the two or three things that you're going to change? If it's a line manager course, it could be something, it's a project management, you know, it could be stakeholder engagement, you know, anything. So what's your plan for that behavioral change, right? So even when they're setting those learning goals, do you have actually a plan in place for once the training is done, what's actually going to happen? And are you making sure that they're motivated for that change and holding the person accountable for that too, right? And then you've got like even the 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 next stage after that, right? What's the impact, right? What's the positive change that you've seen within the organization? And of course, continual learning, right? right? So did it work out? Did it not work out? What can we learn? How can we improve, right? So once you start building those structures within the organization, you'll find that your training costs can actually go go down because you're not just doing workshops all the time, right? You're saving people's time and saving money for the organization. You're building relationships internally because you're making sure line managers and the staff, those relationships are very strong, which by the way, engagement in, engagement in companies, a huge amount of engagement comes from the line manager. So you're actually building engagement within the company too, right? And then are you actually tracking the results of that change as well, right? You implement some of this stuff and you start seeing motivations change within the organization. People are now excited about training. Why? Because they feel like it's personal to them. It's helping them with what they want to do. It's helping them achieve their goals within the organization, right? So we really have to move away from the model of, well, this is the hot topic right now. I'm going to send everyone on training. Some it's going to work out, but for many or most, it's not going to change anything, right? Mm -hmm. So move away from that model and move much more into a strategic model when it comes to learning and development. And honestly, it feels like a lot of work, but the amount of money and time that can be saved is, is actually crazy. And, yeah. and I guess as you're talking about uh, motivation there and then productivity, probably also feeds into increased retention as well, which could also be a huge saving. Absolutely. I mean, you look up any study there by any of the you know big consulting firms and things like that. There was a McKinsey study done. There were four big drivers of why people stay, and three of them were linked to learning and development right three of the four i think pay was the other mm-hmm. number one you know pay mm-hmm. compensation for that but three of them were all linked to learning it was mm-hmm. am i actually learning during the role it's about their career paths and career growth and things like that so mm-hmm. you know if you get your learning right 75 percent of the key motivators for people to join your company and stay at, at your company are linked to learning and development so if you get that right the effect on your business is like it's like hugely powerful you can attract great great people and you can keep great people as well. Yeah, I apologize if this is an, a really tricky question. How do you how do you bring companies around from that mentality that it's a workshop for the trendy topic and let's let's you know send everyone on offsite and um, 
and, and make sure there's good snacks. What, what's the path to getting a, a company to change their perspective on that? That's interesting because I, I find it's, it's, it's less challenging than I thought that it would be. Okay. Right? When I'm sitting down with HR directors and people like that, they all want this as well, right? Because one of the biggest problems I think that we've seen in learning across the board is the return on investment. And learning is always the first thing to be cut. When there's a downturn, there's yeah. no money available, right? So HR are always looking for tools to demonstrate that the learning investment is worth it in the organization, right? Yeah. So actually, um, I find that people actually really want these tools within the organization because we all know, people who work in HR and learning development, we know that learning is good. We know that organizations need to do learning and development. But proving that case is not so mm -hmm. straightforward. You look mm -hmm. at all the studies and that's fine. So that's kind of the business case. But then when a CEO or a chief financial officer goes, okay, so what's the monetary value? How is this helping the organization right, on the bottom line? Because no matter what, nowadays you, you have to show that in some regard to show that. And that's one of the hardest things in learning because it's people change, it's behavioral change. A lot of it is very intangible. So actually what we need in this industry is to build more tangible tools out there. And um, okay. Yeah, it surprised me when I started consulting with a lot of these people is that they all want this. So it wasn't a difficult conversation to start. How we do that is a whole nother thing, right? Because it requires change processes. We might have to do some skills training for the learning team. So mm -hmm. there's all kinds of behavioral, uh, cultural change that might need to happen within the organization. So okay. that, that can be something else. But in terms of opening that dialogue, I find that most companies really want these tools. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um... Hi, Gordon here. Hope you're enjoying the episode with Joe. I just want to let you know about an upcoming event next week on December 4th and December 6th. Presentation skills brought to you by the Get Stuff Done Project. Whether you are a presentation beginner and want to know how to present better, or whether you have already a lot of experience presenting but want to enhance your skills, you can join us for the sessions going live next week. Sign up is in the show notes. I look forward to you joining us there. And now back to the episode. And, and you mentioned their um, skills-based training. One of the key elements of our Get Stuff Done project is development of transferable skills. The idea that if an individual can arm themselves with enhanced transferable skills, they will themselves uh, build um, a, a more valuable personal brand for themselves, which can enhance their career either internally or externally and, and beyond in, into the future. Straight off the top of your head, what do you consider to be the most valuable transferable skill? I mean, it's got to be branding and communication. Okay. Nowadays has to be num number one. Because I've seen it, I'm sure that you've seen it in our careers, that someone who's amazing at their job, working super hard, the results are there, but they don't get the bonus or promotion or anything. And one of the problems is they've got their heads down, right? And yeah. they're working really hard, but if you don't have your head up, if you're not networking internally, if you're not communicating well, if you haven't got that personal brand, it's going to be really tough, right? Yeah. So I find that the biggest effect that you can have is when you're on work calls, are you speaking well? Are you communicating well? Are you hearing people, right? Are you responding well? Are you in your emails? Are you writing well and things like that, right? Are you building a personal brand? Are you finding that fine art between telling people all the great stuff that you're working on? which is not always great. It can sound kind of rude and arrogant, 
but also, you know, finding a way instead of telling people, just showing people through through your conversation the projects you're doing and the impact that you're having yeah. on them. Yeah. And I think people lose sight of building your network internally as well, right? A lot of us go out to events and we network, but the internal networks within your company are really powerful and key yeah. too, right? And you can tap onto those people. So, you know, if people listening to this and they want to just keep the focus on one thing, I'd say make sure that your personal brand within your company and outside is really strong and you're communicating, right? Yeah. And there's lot, honestly, there's lots of online courses out there that are basic, you know, that are free or very low cost that will take you through, that will help you through that. But yeah, I mean, everything I've read, I mean, if you go, um, if you go on to Harvard, they said the number one skill is meeting people, networking. That's what Harvard's saying now. For career growth and development, learning, it is number one. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that I met you and I'm so glad that uh, you communicate so well so that we can um, enjoy this, this conversation. I, I, I mean, I fully agree with, with what you're saying. If we think about uh, one of the mantras uh, for good presentations is that you tell the people what you're going to tell them and then you tell them and then you tell them what you've told them. So essentially it goes in three times. And I think that, you know, it's very easy to um, just be working hard and, and getting on with what you're doing. Um, but like you say, you have to get make sure that you get that, that recognition in order that you can you can proceed. Okay, well, I mean, uh, thank you so much for um, sharing as part of this podcast and, and, and being our guest uh, today, Joe. It's been it's been a real pleasure to, to hear about your journey um, from different countries and, and through um, L and D. And now, you know, representing your own your own business and, and, and doing your own thing, which um, does take a lot of courage, um, especially in a foreign country, um, as, as I know um, all, all too well myself. Um, so with that, um, yeah, once again, a, a big thank you uh, for being on the guest, uh, guest show today. Great. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And so today it's been absolutely fantastic to hear about the, the journey that Joe has been on uh, across different countries and sectors, um, building um, learning and development functions within companies and now, of course, doing it uh, as a, a business owner with LinguaLearn in Singapore. It's also a great example of how you can meet somebody uh, very briefly in, in a foreign country and if you keep in touch, then you can find yourselves crossing paths again. It's only a matter of months ago that the two of us met for the first time, and, and here we are again being able to um, have, have this great conversation. So if, if that is also another good example of, of getting stuff done, then I'm very glad to also share. Finally, I would like to tell everybody uh, a big thank you for listening to this episode. Please do remember to subscribe. It will really help us to uh, grow the podcast and be able to reach out to even more people when it comes to getting stuff done. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Get Stuff Done podcast. If you would like to be a guest in the future, please do reach out. Or if you would like to recommend someone, that would be awesome as well. Make sure you keep listening as we will be bringing you fresh insights every week because getting stuff done is something everyone needs.